You're listening to Kurt and Anthony on the morning drive on FM 96.3 and AM 620. WVMT. Welcome back to the morning drive, everybody. Kurt and Anthony here on this Thursday morning. And the McKenzie Country Classic Hotline, of course, is always open. 888-414-0303. And we are, as we always are, happy and pleased and excited to have the mayor of Rutland with us, Mayor Mike Dungis. Good morning. Happy and excited, huh? Are you absolutely. sure about that? Yeah, ex- absolutely. I am tingling with excitement. That's awesome. We'll see how it goes for the next hour or so. So, uh, so good morning, Mike. Good, good morning. morning, Mr. Mayor. Morning. Good to see you. How are you? Thanks for taking the trek down uh, from Rutland. No problem. I uh, Valentine's Day, you know, my wife, I said, I said, hey, I, I'm going to be on the radio on the in the morning on the 15th. You want to go out to Burlington for the night? So we came up. Oh, nice. Yeah. That's yeah. very nice. Did you uh, go out to dinner? Did you? We did. We actually kind of, it was cold. And, and I said, hey, what do you think about that? restaurant downstairs in the hotel she's like that sounds great and it yeah. was fantastic where so, were you yeah. staying uh we stayed at the courtyard so we ate at blue which yeah. i hadn't been to before yeah so. nice good seafood yeah yeah she got she got the uh surf and turf yeah and I it's got, a great restaurant i got uh lamb which was awesome. nice so, good all staying yeah. overnight bringing the wife in town yeah, for valentine's day I've yeah, been I've romantic. been married for 21 years. This is not my first radio. <laughs> <laughs> he's much smarter man than I am. Let's just put it that way. See how you work that together. The the the, the you, gotta, you had got to be on the radio in the morning. Yeah. Want to go for a night in Burlington on Valentine's Day? Yeah, smart man. Yeah, I right. traveled for work for a while, and there were. Hey, I'm going to this cool place that I haven't been to before. Why don't you come along? So that- <laughs> yeah. So, yeah. It's doing it all for you, honey. All for you, babe. <laughs> now, um, so we've got a lot of issues to talk about in Rutland. The first one I want to ask you about, it's, it's not probably the biggest one. Uh, there's a lot of other bigger ones, but I want to hit this one first. Sure. When can we go back to the movies in Rutland? <laughs> Oh man! Every time I, I come here, it's been a big issue for it's, you. It, yes, it has been a big issue, and it is probably the number one thing in just casual conversation with uh, constituents in Rutland that people ask about is when yeah. we get a movie theater. So you lost it during the pandemic, right? We did. It, it had changed hands several times since I was a kid. Right? It was Movieplex, and I was when I was a kid. And I think Flagship Cinemas was its last owner, and during the pandemic, it closed down. And the sign up until. Planet Fitness took it over and said, we'll, we'll see you soon. <laughs> or never. Soon was, soon yeah. Or never. Um, which is too bad. In our community, you know, we really need something like that. Um, we need, they call them third places now, right? Something that's not home or not work or school, right? Somewhere else to go. Uh, and Rutland's got the bowling alley. We have plenty of outdoor activities in the winter. Yep. Uh, you know, we had out-of-towners, they come to Killington. A lot of them stay in Rutland or they bring their friends uh, if they're Rutlanders. They're, it was pouring rain. In, in December, right. yeah. and they're like, we need a movie theater. I said, no kidding, we do. Yeah. So how do you make it happen? I mean, I know you went to the owner of the previous place, right? And, yeah. and he said, no, we're putting in Planet Fitness is coming in, so yeah. that's not happening. But- I, I had really hoped that we'd be able to keep it there uh, because the structure's already there. It's, it's expensive to run movie theaters, and not only that, but everybody watches stuff from home now. I mean, movies used to come out for three months, and then maybe it would go to DVD in a month after that, right? Now it's three weeks it's in the theaters and the next yeah. week it's on some sort of platform. So the, the trick is to find a space that's cost effective. Uh, somebody who's got the, it's not just a developer that wants to do it. It's somebody who actually wants to do movies specifically like the passion for it. So we have both of those. I think we're working on locking down two different spaces. And I say, we, 
uh, a group of community members have come together and are working on the back end to try to put something together along with a couple of different movie theater proprietors uh, to see if we can get something. So you've got a location that you think would work? We have two spots that we think would be feasible. We have yet to find out if they're Can you stay where they are or not? Uh, No, only because I haven't had those conversations. I've got people helping now, right? There's a lot to do. If I could just focus on the movie theater, that would be a full-time job. I (laughs) I think if you bring a movie theater back to Rutland, your re-election's assured. I don't disagree with you. <laughs> and I will tell you, um, the movie theater in Middlebury is doing quite well, and it's a hybrid. Yeah. Uh, they've got great food. Awesome food. See, Those tacos are freaking I know, fantastic. I yeah. know. And then they also have other, they, they have two screens, and one's always got a movie on, but the other side, there's other entertainment venues. It's, it's evolved into a really cool spot. Yeah. And it's not the traditional a movie theater. And that's the way a lot of them are going throughout yeah. the country. There's yeah. this one in Springfield, the one in Keene, uh, New Hampshire <clears throat> are very similar. That's one of the owners that we're talking to. Is saying, they, they came up a while ago and said, hey, do you have some interest? So, so you think there's a real possibility sometime maybe in the 24, 25? I would love to see something happen in the next 12 months. Specifically nice. within the next 12 months before the next election. <laughs> <laughs> I don't blame you. Is, uh, is the, the mayor's term in Burlington is three years. Is it two, it's in, two, in, in, two in Rome? So yeah. in 2025, your town meeting yeah. get back up. Yep. So next year, this time, I'll be, I'll be running my butt off. And you're, you're saying right now, you're running, right? Uh, I mean, essentially, yeah. I mean, my, that's everything I do. Uh, my goal, it's interesting. My goal is to make Rutland better. And not to get reelected, but in order to keep making Rutland better, I need to get reelected. So I kind of just need to do both. They go hand in hand. Yeah. Yeah. This is my first, my first term at a real, I mean, Alderman is in Rutland is, is political, but this is a real political position and it's my first run at it. So I'm I'm learning things as I go. Yeah. Yeah. How many, how many Alderman seats are up this year on top? Five. So it's either five or six. This is a year for five of the 11 seats. And do you get involved in any of the races? Are you actually getting out and endorsing any candidates that you want to see? I will towards the end, right? Kind of right up against the line. Um, Our board president, Michael Talbot, he and I are, are not only very tight, but we work really well together. Uh, for the city, so you know, I'll be I'll be putting my name behind him, you know, on Facebook and on paper. But he, he, the, I, I can say that now. I mean, I would endorse him any day of the week. He does a fantastic job running the board. So. Well, that's my follow up question. Is so you've 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 got this under your belt now a little bit. How's it going? Or just an overall kind of man. I, I I tell people, <clears throat> wake up every day excited to go into into the office. Still, yeah. Right? So it's a year in. I wake up every day. I'm like, this is awesome. And by the end of the day, depending on how the day goes, I'm either exhausted, wiped, you know, like there's so much that can happen in a day. And I, that, that feeling of, or that understanding of like all that pressure is starting to shift to, okay, now I can just make decisions. Right. So before I'd have to really think through it because I was learning something new or didn't see it's, it's different than the public perception, right? Cause it's three jobs being the mayor. It's almost four for me, but you've got the, you got the public piece, right? Uh, dealing with the constituents and the community and making sure you're listening. And then you've got, you're running in our city. We don't have a city manager. So I've got 150 employees that I have to manage. Right. And, and 11 department heads and uh, hiring uh, people and, and then you have policy, and that's something that we've been working big, both internal policy, and I've been up in Montpelier a lot this year, um, trying to do more of that. So it's it's a very complex. I don't remember your original question. So, no, <laughs> I'm becoming a real politician here. I would like literally. What was the question off. again? No. Well, How much but, does the mayor get paid? Um, so when I picked up the position, it was eighty-seven thousand dollars a year. 
Um, the previous mayor also was taking the insurance buyout, so he's getting $97,000 a year. Um, we just, in this budget, we had, we had uh, there's, there's a pay scale step, so the next step plus the uh, cost of living increase, we put that together, just tipped 100, just over 100. So uh, we removed the cost of living increase, though, uh, during my budget process. It's one of the things that we, at the last minute, kind of sacrificed, so. So you t- okay? You, yeah. you you eliminated the cola to make the budget. I eliminated work. the cola. I kept the mm-hmm. I kept the step in just because yep. it's very small, and we need to go. I, I'm trying to get everything. Our salaries all aligned internally too. Mm-hmm. Everything's kind of a mess. And I know Anthony's about to take us to a break. Okay, but when we come back, we will get into the budget. Yeah, we're going to dig in deeper. We're talking to the mayor of Rutland, Mike Dungess. He's uh, here with us. You got any questions? You want to talk Rutland? 888-414. You become a part of the morning drive now. 888-414-0303. You're listening to News Talk WVMT. Carry on, my wayward son or daughter. We are back on the morning (laughs) drive here. Let's make sure we're covering all the bases. We're back on the morning drive, and yes, it's Mayor Mike Dungis from Rutland. If you have a question for the mayor, give us a call on the McKenzie Country Classic Hotline, 888-414-0303. And uh, Mike, I was looking at one of your articles you wrote in the Rutland Herald about the budget. It was, I think, around the holidays time. Yeah. And you, you indicated that the budget started out, what was first introduced to you was a 27% increase. Yeah. So I had asked my... Department heads have a, a good amount of them, right? We have police, fire, all that. Um, I'd ask them to give me two different budgets this year. A new guy, right? I want to see what things are really like. So give me your dream budget. Like, if you could run in the best way possible with all the tools you need, give me the dream budget. And then give me the most conservative budget that you can based on what you actually need and need to get by on. And I figured maybe we'll fall somewhere. Good way somewhere. to do it. Yeah, That's a great way to do it. it. Maybe we'll fall somewhere in between. <clears throat> the dream budget... It was like a uh, like a forty percent increase for most departments. <laughs> the conservative was the twenty seven percent. Oh, okay. oh boy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And a lot of our costs had gone up. It's funny. I put uh, I made the comment that the cost of our concrete installations, like sidewalks and and sewer systems and stuff, had doubled. And the concrete guys said, "We didn't raise your price. Tw- du- we didn't double your price." I said, "No, you didn't." But when you add labor, the cost of labor has gone right. up significantly. The cost of materials, the cost <laughs> of supplies, tools, time, fuel. Everything has gone up, and what happened with I'm the proof? Sorry. You know, it's fine. I just immediately envisioned the concrete guy. Who I kind of know. Yeah. Whoa. Yeah. You just, you, we didn't double our price. But so how how do you how do you whittle down the conservative twenty seven percent increase? How'd you whittle that down? Well, we had to. We. It's tough. I'll tell you. This is not something. So being new to mayoring, you know, I've got a year under my belt. Being new to cutting budgets and, and trimming the fat. We lived on a pretty meager, meager salary for the first part of my my marriage, so you know, I, I know that's a silly example, but no, but it's in, true. In reality, everybody has to but, make decisions. Exactly right. So you got to find you find the places to cut. So we ended up, you know, I sat down with each individual department head. I had highlighted where I thought we could trim. I asked them to come to the table with things where they thought they could. Um, I didn't give them a number. Right in the past, previous mayors said get it down to X percent. I don't think that's smart. I think. I think if you just cut randomly, that's not, it's not gonna, you're not gonna see success, right? We need to, if you're, if you need to cut, you need to cut in the right places. So everybody came to the table, um, everything from, uh, DPW saying we need these vehicles because they're 20 years old and we need to replace them to saying, can we get 21 years out of them? Yeah, can, can we get, get an extra year or two? Right? Um, to, you know, REC wanted new bleachers for the community center. 
And they they didn't want to do it all in one year, but still, like that that hundred grand for one, a quarter of the installation we had to cut. So we did a lot of cutting in advance of the alderman's budget meeting. And I think the reason that we came out so close from what we finally submitted to what was finally on the table on the table is because is because there wasn't a lot of fat to cut. Right, we had really turned it down. Most of our increases were based on two things. One was just the 11.5% inflation over the three-year period, right? And then we really only addressed probably about four of that percent in the past budgets. And then the other one was we had to we had to give our PD raises. Our PD used to be 19% above the average in the state of Vermont for salaries, and we were at 10% below the average when we oh, did our salaries. Oh, survey. 29% shift. Yeah, just because of the way contracts fell, the way mm-hmm. other departments got raises, you know, our RPD was no longer leading the pack in a in the salary line for a good place to work. We had we do ton of other recruitments, mm-hmm. right? Ton of other recruitment. And do you have a recruitment and retention issue with the police like Burlington we did. had to deal with? Absolutely, absolutely. We used to have forty some on. Uh, I think it was forty four sworn officers, and when we were doing the budget, we were at twenty nine sworn officers on board. We only had budgeted for thirty three, but we hadn't even filled those positions. So it's very clear that there was a, a problem pulling in those resources. While Windsor's like hiring a new officer every week, so it, and it wasn't our benefits. Our benefits are great. It really was. When you look, it's like here are all my options. Here's the level of effort I have to put in for said options, right? Rutland's a hard place to work as a police officer. You got to have the competitive salary. Yeah, we have to make it so it's not the big glaring red X we, on the We got to call her on hold for you, but and we'll get right to it. But what did the budget come in at? What was the final number? Uh, by the time we were done, even with the little cuts at that, like running through, we, it was really cool. We ran through like 10 cuts at the end of the meeting. It was great. Um, we ended up at 7.7%. Or still high. That's a that's that's a pretty good reduction. It's we worked really hard to get this it. year coming in under ten. I didn't think you were going to say seven point seven. Yeah, I didn't think I was going to get there. The one percent option tax that we enacted last year was a huge help because we were able to move reoccurring costs that we wanted to anyways off to that. So like paving, uh, concrete. And concrete associated services, and then I'm saying that from now on. I'm always adding that second piece. Uh, and then line markings as well. So Let's get like to the call, but Mike, I just want to say, had you gone for the 40% increase, even the movie theater wouldn't have been able to save you. <laughs> <laughs> Let's go to the phones. Good morning. You're live on the morning drive. Yeah, good morning. Uh, Mr. Mayor, I'm wondering, you said you had to make a lot of cuts before you even went to the table. Have you ever uh, considered like zero-based budgeting? Yes. That would be ultra ultra conservative. Just wipe everything out, and now what do we need? And then if there's anything left over, then then in then income the secondary wants, I guess, but yeah. taking care of primary needs first. So that's been considered. That's, yeah, I so guess that's my. I question. love that strategy. Good question. I wasn't. I love that strategy, and quite frankly, you know, go back to I, I'm a zero based budget guy, right? Start at nothing and build your way up. And that's why I wanted the dream budget to see really where everybody was coming from. <clears throat> um, excuse me, I apologize. So the so zero based budgeting is I'd like to take that strategy this year. There just I mean I, there just wasn't time. I had to look at last year and say what's the bare minimum that we can do. This coming year will definitely be where we take that strategy. I've got more time. I've, I know the budget inside and out now. I mean I, you can pretty much call up any department and I can tell you within a. A, a small percentage where we're at and why, what the increase was. Let's test them. Let's not. <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. Uh, 
<laughs> and how does the budget process work in Rutland? I know how it works <sighs> in Burlington, but how does it work? Like as far as getting passed and does all it still yeah. involve De- mud wrestling? <laughs> it, it does. It and, does. And, and deadlines. Too. And when deadlines. Are- yeah, the deadlines are weird, and they're in our charter. And we all are talking, and this is something maybe we, may, we may work to change because so much can change from November. I have to have my budget to the board by, it says in our charter, by November 1st. So the night of, the last night of October. Um, I, I was up late, <laughs> to say the least. <laughs> yeah. They got it at 11.58. Um, <clears throat> then they take a month to review it. Then there's a month worth of committee meetings, and, you know, with the schedules, they're volunteer board, right? So yeah. With the schedules, it takes us about a month to get through it. By December 14th or so is when we usually lock in the budget from the board to the voters, and then it goes to the voters in March. So the process is, uh, it, it takes qu- quite, quite a, a long while. time. Yeah. Yeah. And yeah. then we don't enact it. That budget isn't in play until July. Right? And so you've got to really project, I mean, and, and you know, for years, I think a lot of people forget what it was like, but money was cheap for so long yeah. that uh, that it, it really was not not a huge factor. But now with inflation and then and interest rates, money costs more and it's unpredictable. So you're li- literally looking nine months out. Literally looking nine months out before we get to say yes. Yeah. Yeah. Now, um, we won't get into there's obviously we'll get into public safety issues and other things when we come back from the break. Um, too much there to get into as we head toward the break. But one thing, though, is any any big charter changes on the ballot for town meeting day in Rutland? Yeah, I, it's funny because when I walked in here, you put on the news, and, and we our, our local fluoride team was up on the screen. So fluoride is the only charter change on the ballot this and, year. And what it, what's the charter? Is it to reduce it? Is it to it's eliminate to it? It's to eliminate it. Eliminate yeah. it. We, we're pretty low. We're right where we're supposed to be. You know, we put in the right amount based on federal health standards. Um, and that falls under the purview of our DPW commissioner. So the ballot language that was proposed by the community who went out and got the 600 some odd votes to get it on the ballot. Um, they, that, that was the, the language that was proposed was to, rem, to relinquish essentially the power from the commissioner. To and are you decision. taking a stand on that as mayor? Are you, are you advocating people to vote for it or vote against it? So personally, I like fluoride. And I am not advocating either way. I think the, the the citizens should decide. The what I don't like about this particular language is it's removing a provision of the ability for our DPW commissioner to make a choice. So what could be next is chlorine. Well, chlorine's important for a disinfection byproduct, right? Yeah, right? Or sorry, for disinfection, which also disinfection byproducts we can talk about later. But but chlorine's important too. Like removing power from one of the commissioners is dangerous. Uh, from a standpoint of our ability to properly provide the solution. And right. that, and that's where I'm concerned. I don't necessarily, um, I want this, I want the citizens to choose one way or another, but I, I don't think that, I don't think that this language is the right way to do it. There you go. All right. Well, we're going to take a quick break. We're going to check in with Fox news. And man, has got the headlines. Uh, McKenzie country classic hotlines open. We'll be Join the conversation now on the WVMT Morning Drive with Kurt and Anthony. 888-414-0303. Welcome back to the Morning Drive, everybody. On this Thursday morning, we're continuing our discussion now with Rutland Mayor Mike Dungis and Mr. Mayor... Um, I know you, like Burlington, had a big public forum on public safety. Yeah. Um, what What was your take 
I know you had you had state officials come the whole bit, right? Yeah. What was your take? What did you take out of that public forum? What did you hear from the public? What was the, what was your take on it? So I'll, I'll give you a, I'll step back a little bit. When we hosted ours, and I should have used a different term. I said town hall style meeting, and I wanted it to be more informational. And people came and people really wanted to ask questions. So we asked them to submit them online in advance. We knew there were going to be a lot. Um, what I took is people are nervous about the community. Um, you know, a lot of people had some strong opinions. We actually had a second meeting without as many state officials um, where people actually got to ask questions verbally because that was something they really wanted to do. Um, what I took is there's, there is, huh, my personal perspective, there's a disconnect between what's happening on the street, right, in, in, people, in people's front yards, in storefronts, and what, what leadership in Montpelier was seeing at the time, right? And I, I say it specifically that way because I think – we were one of the first ones to have the forum. The governor came down. We had representatives. We had all sorts of people there. And then a month later, um, the governor, or a month and a half later, the governor had his own. And we still heard some of that separation, but it was getting closer. And now, you know, there's two or three bills, and, and Tom Burdett from West Rutland just proposed another one. Um, it, there's There's a lot of stuff happening in public safety, and a lot of it came, I feel like a lot of the, direct addressing came out of those meetings that we had in Rutland. So what you're hearing now, the governor made it a part of his state of the state address yeah. and his budget address as well. And now the legislature is considering, uh, considering a number of bills uh, in the house judiciary committee. For example, they are considering aggregate crimes now in terms of yep, retail I theft. Spoke on that one. Yeah. You did speak. Yeah. You spoke in favor of it. I or? spoke in favor of the bill, but being specific, right? So in Rutland, we see, the data shows very, very, very clearly, I, I can't emphasize that enough, that most of our retail thefts, 80% of them uh, are known substance abusers. And out of that, uh, out of most of those retail thefts, thefts, 30% of them are repeat offenders. So those two data points are really important. The repeat offenders, the consolidation is a big deal. But if we're going to consolidate and incarcerate based on the higher crime, then we need to treat while we're in in, in uh, incarceration, like have a treatment program while we're in incarceration to work with these people who are stealing to feed a habit. And it's, uh, I, I said, it's not one or the other, it's both, right? It's And the bottom line is there has to be consequences, right? I mean, you can't yeah. have, even if it's a small number of people, right? You can't have the same people because we hear the same thing in Burlington and South Burlington. There's a rotating group. Yeah that are doing it over and over and over again. And it seems like, why? Because they can. Yeah, and it's interesting. Consequences is the word. It, when I was up there, one of the things I said is, we all have kids, or, or, or most of them had kids. And we held our kids accountable for when they had a problem, when they did something wrong. That accountability is so important. And when we meet these people in the field, when our officers are talking to these people, you can see those childlike thought processes. Because maybe somewhere in... Whether whether it was in their upbringing or just in their life, they haven't had or learned the skill to change that behavior. That's why they're doing it, right? And I'm not a psychologist by any stretch of the imagination, but accountability, consequences, whatever word you want to use, 
it needs to be there because when it's not there, they go back and do it again. And then other people, we, we literally hear from other people stealing. Well, I did it because I saw, you know, Johnny do it and Johnny didn't get in the trouble, right? That's a real thing. That's like the fundamental, that's the key tenets of our justice system and the way that it works today. And, and I, I am all for like reviewing and saying we need to change those things and make it better. Absolutely. But we can't throw the baby out with the bathwater and then start at zero. If people are going to be incarcerated, yeah. you want to make sure that the, if, if it's needed, that there's treatment a good treatment program available yeah i would love to see that and it's something i've been pushing for because again in rutland the majority of our retail thefts 80 plus percent are substance known substance users have you seen the same thing in rutland as burlington south burlington other places which is a big spike in auto theft so we had a little rash of auto theft around the rutland area in october which is actually i think was the final straw for people like they're just like this is out of control. So, uh, but th- it's gone down since then. We've had, a pr- our auto thefts have stayed pretty steady. You know, we usually have two a month. Um, and that's everything from, you know, Bob took my car and didn't bring it back to, you know, somebody stole a, a rental car when, you know, when they left town and didn't bring it So back. you don't have as big a problem as, no. bro- and no. of course, we've got a different state's attorney. Yeah. Uh, but uh, uh, do you think, though, that, that Montpelier should pass a grand theft auto bill, which is what they're also talking about. Uh, you know, I haven't looked into that one yet. Uh, I, I don't. If they do, I mean, that's probably fine. I need to see the language to be able to support it. But We're one uh, of the only states that don't have it. Uh, oh, I didn't know that. Yeah. So, uh, that. and 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 I don't know. I was going to ask you uh, if you would uh, publicly endorse the idea. The Burlington chief of police said one thing he thought would be nice, in addition to actually having grand theft auto as a charge. Yeah. We would be eligible then for you know the streets of burlington or the streets of rutland in the next release of uh, grand theft auto the game uh, that's you know what i'd be okay with being in the game but we want to be the nicer town i'd like right. to you know I'm put forth the positive image <laughs> <laughs> let's go to the phones good morning you're live on the morning drive good morning i was wondering if the uh mayor could give me some information we go to rutland twice a year to the vintage days at the fairgrounds but we don't really veer off route seven my wife's in a craft, silk, anything like that. Sell your city. Tell me where to take her to make her happy on that long trip to Rutland. Yeah, so as you're coming into town uh, and you're what what I affectionately am calling uh, fast food row at this point, it's funny because we have Starbucks, CVS, uh, Burger King, King, Wendy's, and Five Guys. And then you kind of come into downtown at that point. So <clears throat> after you pass those restaurants, if you take a right on the West Street or right on the center or right on the um, uh, – to Washington Business route for yeah come downtown downtown is probably the first place um if you keep going down route seven past the fairgrounds which is if you're going to vintage days that's probably where you're going we have a bunch of stores down that way too um uh take a left onto woodstock ave and you've got a great barbecue place up there um you know you can walk you can go up towards uh our high school there's a good if you want to go walking there's a, a big walking track up there too there's a ton of things to do off of the main thoroughfare our downtown is probably one of our nicest components but don't ask the mayor of rutland to find you places to go before you get to rutland <laughs> well, no, you, you need to spend rutland. money in rutland no, when you get here come on down come on through and and, and yeah spend money in rutland. our downtown is fantastic so if your wife, wife likes crafts we have uh, a couple of places downtown. We happen, happen to have a new kids' toy store. We have a plant store down there. Um, 
it, our downtown's pretty slick. And in all honesty, people come from out of town. I've got a buddy who came up from Connecticut first time in our downtown. He's like, I walked around the corner and up center street and everything was just lit up and it was gorgeous. He's like, Rutland's got one of the most beautiful downtowns I've ever been in. The architecture really is pretty stunning in a lot of the buildings downtown. Yeah. And it's a nice mix too. Yeah. It's not like art deco meets like 1920s. It's, it's a good blend of things that are, that are really without a doubt. Nice. And you got a great theater. The Paramount is, it, is a gem right downtown. Yeah. And we're going to be back to your movie theater point. We're going to be doing something special. <laughs> there that I'll be announcing next week uh, right. at the Paramount. Let's announce it right now. I can, <laughs> but I, I will say one quick thing, too, to that caller. Go early. Take a left on Route 4 and go to Johnny Boy's. Yeah. And, and, uh, Johnny Boy's great breakfast place. Yes, indeed. Let's uh, go to the phones. Good morning. You're live on the morning drive. It's uh, it's great to hear from Rutland. It's uh, just a terrific town. Um, I, it just uh, it's, can't think of any town that has more going for it. You're right next to Killington. You've got a great downtown. It's uh, it's just a really nice place. A couple of the questions I've had, kind of looking ahead, um, Rutland's always been a manufacturing town that mm-hmm. kind of left mm-hmm. uh, a while ago and had a, had a real dramatic impact. Manufacturing's returning um, to the United States now. Um, is there any plan to uh, maybe uh, um, get that going in Rutland? And uh, the second one, the the great dream has always been to connect 87 with 89 and kind of a small uh, uh, change was made connecting Rutland to kind of Fairhaven with a, with a great highway, but um, connecting Rutland to 89 really uh, has been on the books since I think the sixties. Um, they would transform Rutland. Is, has there been any thought about that? Any sort of progress? So I'll try to work backwards and remember your first question. The, <clears throat> That we used to call it the bypass. And when I was a kid, we were talking about, I mean, you yeah. remember, we were talking about the bypass forever. Um, it kind of got put to rest. Uh, citizens didn't want it. They, they were afraid that we would lose traffic through Rutland. But you know, it's funny that first caller was kind of highlighting what most people do is they drive through Rutland. They don't come downtown. They don't spend time in Rutland. So a bypass, I don't know. I don't know that a bypass would hurt. I think a bypass would probably help in the long run on the bigger picture scheme of things. But I don't think that the community beyond the city would stomach it at this point. I don't think we're right for it. However, I have been talking, our, one of our senators, uh, Dave Weeks, is big on you know expanding the interstate highway system through Vermont, getting something maybe on the west side of the state, using that Route 22 um, corridor. corridor. Yeah. I think there's a real advantage to what we have going between the New York border and Rutland city, which is, you know, this four lane highway, mm-hmm. there's some, there's some things we can do. That connectivity is important. That vehicle based connectivity. We've got plenty of air. We got plenty of rail vehicle based connectivity would be nice. We're talking to mayor Mike Dungess. He's the mayor of Rutland. If you've got a question for him, give us a call on the McKenzie country classic hotline, triple eight, four, one, four, Oh, three, Oh, three. You know what I miss in Rutland? Yeah. I went there. Um, I think it was during the pandemic season, summer when, we were driving around. We went through Rutland to Woodstock, and I stopped there. And it's a place that Burlington had way back in the day, Seward's. Oh, Seward's Dairy? Yeah. yeah. I hated seeing that go out. Yeah. So, what, so what's, what's happened? What is What might go there in that spot? So I think, again, maybe I'm a little uh, ambitious here, but I think uh, like a brewery or distillery would be fantastic. The building was architecture so cool. There's yeah. great parking there. Uh, you put a restaurant and, you know, you go back to like a restaurant, but match the breweries. You go out west to the Midwest or even anywhere else, like go to Foley Brothers, right? They have that big seating room and they have that. I would love to see something like that right there. It's, it's a, a great perfect spot. spot. Do 
Do you have somebody in your administration, like in Burlington, there's a, and we'll get right to the call in just a moment. Yeah. Uh, there's a CEDO office, Community Economic Development Office. Yeah. That a lot of federal funds flow into. But do you have somebody like that when a business goes out that you as mayor say, hey, I want you to work on this and see what we can do to get some another business. So we have the Rutland Redevelopment Authority, which is the redevelopment authorities of the like the 70s and the 80s. We kept ours. And it's a great tool. It's a municipality within our municipality. And Ed Bove is running that right now. And he's kind of the lead on economic. And we, we also have our EDC, right, our Economic Development Corporation, which is called CEDAR. Um, in Rutland. So between the two of them, so Cedar takes care of like, let's find the business to go in there. Like even the light manufacturing, like the previous caller was talking about that we're heading back towards Cedar helps run or has put a lot of effort into our local makerspace to do things like that. Uh, and then uh, for the redevelopment, for the buildings, for finding people to find developers to come to our town, we have two different authority organizations that are really helping with that. And we're working on with them. Let's go to the phones. Good morning. You're live on the morning drive. Yes, good morning. Uh, you know, living in Orwell, Rutland area is where I go for shopping and services. But one thing I always found a little goofy about Rutland, and, and this would probably take a hundred years to, uh, to change, is that you got the little Rutland city surrounded by Rutland town that has most of everything. So um, I always thought that a little strange. Um, <laughs> so when is Rutland going to be combined into one Rutland? City, Rutland Town becomes Rutland. Good question. Is that is that like Essex Essex Junction S S which went on for like decades? <laughs> yeah. It's it's gone on for decades. So the, I'll talk about the history, not about the future. And it's important because um, this is one of those things that could make or break uh, the next election. Much <laughs> yeah. like the Don't budget. step into it. Here. Uh it's it, you know, the it, um Redfield Proctor uh did some essentially splitting up of the town lines back in the day when when he was uh, both in, in, I think he was in the Senate, right? I don't remember. Yeah, Senate, right? And in, in, um, running the state. And the, uh, the separating those towns put the votes in a certain order. And I'm not a historian, but it gave some real control to Southern Vermont where that control didn't exist before. Um, we, continue to uh, air quotes benefit from those changes that were made over a hundred years ago, well over a hundred years ago uh, in our town. And that separation, we call it the donut and the donut hole and Rutland is the hole in the donut and Rutland town pretty much a hundred percent surrounds the city. Same as St. Albans. Yeah. It's, it's very similar to St. Albans and St. Albans city. And it does become challenging, but only if the mentality is that we're not working together. Right. Now, I would love the tax revenue from the stores that exist in Rutland Town to the lower the burden on the residents in Rutland City. I think that would be phenomenal. But at the same time, Rutland Town's doing that for their community and there's a balance there and it's working. The, I think what you'll see is, is we've collaborated really well over the past few years, especially since I've been on the board. Um, we provide water and wastewater. We're having continual conversations about, you know, w- do we expand that? When's the time to expand that? How do we help them out? We have mutual aid between our police and our fire. You know, we don't, we are two independent communities, but we work really well together. And so there's no big talk about like there was for decades in Essex Village, Essex Town for, about a merger. There's no uh, big. There is no big talk at the moment about a merger. And I say at the moment because it always comes up. I mean, I, I've. I grew up in Rutland. We talked about it 16 times since I was in high school. You want to take a stand on it? No. <laughs> I'm trying to get him in trouble. For next you time. are. <laughs> Just get the movie theater. <laughs> now, um, Mr. Mayor, a few minutes left here. Uh, 
let's talk about policing in South Burlington. In, in not South Burlington. You can talk about <laughs> South Burlington. But, 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 but Rutland. Um, <laughs> so we have the citizen group in Rutland that yeah. there was a lot of uh, attention paid to that. Yep. Is that still operating? Is there still a citizen group that's that's going around the neighborhoods and they're not trying to like tackle crime, but they report crime, right? Yeah. So we have we had one. Now we've got two. You got two and citizens. We're, and we're working on three apparently. No, I'm. Just, uh, there's, there's. It, what's really cool uh, about that? I'll, I'll, I'll focus on the the positive, and most of it's positive. Uh, what's really cool about it is there are people who care about their community that are trying to do something to make things better. And Rutland City Patrol was the one that when I was here last, we talked about. Um, Chris uh, Gio, I think is how you yes. say his last name. Chris is awesome, and and they do a good job of helping out local businesses and residents just keep an eye on things. It's We are trying to get it to be tied in with the Neighborhood Watch Program. So we've got our department going back through, you know, becoming part of the Sheriff's Association again, because that's where the Neighborhood Watch Program comes from, uh, getting certified on that again, and then getting uh, volunteers. We need volunteers and volunteer leaders to get connected and do Neighborhood Watch. We think that's the right path forward. We love what's happening there. And everybody's been good about calling our police department and saying, here's what's happening. Um, that's awesome. There's the stand your ground group. They were a little bit stronger, uh, from a, a, a policy standpoint of how they wanted to approach things. Do and they do it in conjunction with the police department? Uh, not, you know, they, everybody's communicating. Everybody's got a different perspective, but the one thing about Rutland is that everybody l- thinks our police department is doing the best they can with the resources they have. So everybody's working with the PD, which is really important. It's a very positive relationship between the two. And you haven't run into any issues. I mean, any problems with it. No it's, problems it's, at all. The people that are doing it are, they if they see something, they report it to the police. They basically. report it. They report it to themselves. And then if it's a real problem, they report it to the police. Right? As we know, uh, I don't know if this was Rutland or West Rutland, but there was that incident at the Home Depot. Was that in Rutland? That where was in, some that's guys a, basically had shoplifters, and they said, "You're not getting away with this." That's thing. the donut of the right? donut hole. That. So that's Rutland Town. Yeah, yeah. So that's um, that uh, incident that you're talking about. There was uh, a physical altercation with the person who was uh, inappropriately removing products from the store without paying. <laughs> and <laughs> yeah. it seems to, to be seems to be well known in the area. Yes, very well known. And that person stopped for a while. And one of the other things to jump back to the public safety pieces and, and the consequences for the actions. When we, uh, a few months ago, uh, a couple of these offenders were removed from the streets because they were charged with crimes and held. And when we saw those people come off the streets, we watch retail theft plummet. Yeah. So it is, there is a real, that consequences for your actions type of thing, that accountability pieces is real. And, and that was a different form of accountability at the Home Depot though, that we, yeah. you know, try not to. Our, go ahead, no, I was just going to say that, that when you said you have two car thefts a month, yeah, but th- we were talking everything. Yeah, two car thefts a month. Everything from. But I got to tell you, I think I it, it that it goes seems up and down. so low. And it, I, I, the more eyes, the, the the trick to that is engagement, right? Yeah, right. You don't want them to engage, but but there must be some something to that because that seems very low. Yeah, some months we have four, just to be totally transparent. But it's still low. It's not a hundred. Oh, those not, no. those numbers are way different yeah. than we have yeah. around here. I, in South I, I, if you said oh, forty, wow. I'd be like, oh, he's still doing pretty good on car thefts. <laughs> wow, Mr. Mayor, is there um, talking about policing? Is there any signs of gang activity in Rowland? Yeah, we talked about this a little bit from the standpoint that you know we are seeing, especially on the drug side, right? The there's it's it's gang activity being brought to Rutland, but it's not it's not gang activity like you see in the city where there's rival gangs fighting. It's more like uh, 
you know, some components of a gang have shown up in Rutland to try to sell drugs in, in the city. And that's where we're focused, right? We work with federal agencies to help us uh, essentially shut down these drug houses. We had another one. We've done it very quietly. We had another one a couple of weeks ago. Nice. And I'll, I'll leave it at that because there's investigation still ongoing and they're still looking for the leader of that particular group. And gangs might be a tough word, but these are members of gangs. So when you come to the organized crime piece, it's definitely there to some degree. I know that it's not your purview is not the schools that's handled by school yep. board, et cetera. Yep. But as mayor, where do how, what is it looking like in Rutland? We know that there's this yeah. big issue all over the place with Act 127 and the fact that the, that in a lot of places the spending has exploded and we're talking about a 20% increase for the state yeah. because of, of the system that we're in. But now the legislature is talking about trying to get schools to delay their votes and go back and rejigger this as they're adjusting the cap or doing away with the cap. What is it looking like in Rutland in regard to that with the schools? You know, some people would say they got lucky. Right. Um, we didn't get lucky. We have some our school board, um, our our finance manager for the school system, our uh, superintendents focused really on only again, like I did in my budget, only doing what they needed to with theirs. And they only came up so much. So if you really look at the burden on Rutland citizens, um, it's so, the, you guys know the math is so complicated until mm-hmm. the last minute until you get that final number from the state on what you're paying. It's very complex, but we didn't come up that much. We didn't do, we didn't bolster. We didn't, we didn't suck up the extra room. Our taxpayers are already paying enough as it is. And so you're not one of the towns that had a dramatic, we're going to get to go to vote in March for our school budget and know that we're not going to have to adjust in the future. Yeah. Would you like to see Montpelier change the funding system? I mean, it's, we're in this statewide system, yeah. right? Where yeah. a lot of times people are told in Rutland, Hey, you know, you better support the, you might as well support the budget because you're going to pay for Burlington spending anyway. Or, or whatever it is. Yeah. I, the, I think the intent of Act 60 back in the day, when, when that was initially done, was fantastic. I think, you know, you see... Really equalize. Equalize, yeah. And it's, it's, it puts us, you know, you talk about equity, you talk about equality. I think it was great. And um, Rutland is a receiving system, right? We basically, a third of our funds we pay for, and we receive them, you know, two-thirds from the state after you take out the Fed dollars and do every, all the rest of the math. So it, it, we benefit. But the this fact that there is no unified way of saying, here's the level of increase that you can have on your budget, not on your tax rate, but on your budget, here's what we need you to th- consider with balancing, that makes it difficult uh, when we feel like everybody else is going up. So the whole, as the tide rises, so float all boats, right? That's, that's challenging for our community when the system is supposed to keep our school rates low when everybody's going up and we're, we're having to play catch up yeah. to keep that third up. Right. You want to try to get one quick yeah. call in? Let's grab a call real got quick. Got to make it quick though. Caller. Good morning. You're live on the morning drive. Uh, good morning. Did you have any problem discontinuing programs and positions that were funded by uh, COVID era funds? So uh, that's a great question. We made no reoccurring decisions with our COVID funds. And you really did it. We did one time use only stuff. So if, uh, you know, for the Paramount, they needed a little bit of funding or the, or um, for 
so we did some out, we had like three tiers. We had the, what are we going to do to help the community organization? So we had a little bit of that. Uh, what are we doing to help bolster the city? So working on our, putting funds towards our TIF district or grant matching or revolving loan funds. We put things into where either the investment would come back to us, right? So revolving loan fund, we're going to give $30,000 out in the loan. We'll get 34 back, right? And, and those programs are all working. We still have a little bit of, uh, ARPA funds left from that, but we did not fund any positions out of any of the COVID era funds. And we did it very intentionally because we knew those funds would go away. Well, a lot of people <laughs> said they did that. And we're finding out now that that wasn't really the case. Yeah. So congratulations. Rut- Rutland you. Mayor Mike Dungis. Boy, the hour just flew yeah, by. Always does with you guys. Thanks yep. for being on the morning drive today. And uh, I love the fact that he just flat out says there's no dancing around. He's like, yeah, I'm running for re-election next year. Oh, yeah. I'm yeah, doing yeah. it. Yeah. Gotta get that movie theater. And it's just movie theater will make it a slam dunk. Yep. <laughs> and I like the idea of a distillery or a brewery or I, a sewer. Twist. We would love it. I got somebody in mind. All right. All right. Well, thanks for coming. Uh, we're going to take a quick break. We're going to check in with ABC News. Amanda, of course, has the local headlines. We got the forecast, the Max Advantage Channel Three forecast.